Um, good morning, everyone. It is so good to see you, to be with you. Uh, I want to invite Charlotte to come forward because she is going to introduce our very special guests. Waiting for it to warm up. Is this on? Yep. Okay. Well, these are the students from the Cornerstone Campus Ministry of the UAlbany campus, and I'm going to just pass the mic along to let them introduce themselves and tell you just a little bit about who they are. Good morning, everyone. My name is Christina. I'm a senior. I'm majoring in human biology and minoring in business and psychology. I'm from Queens, New York, and I graduate this semester. Hi, everybody. My name is Christine, and I'm a double major with accounting and arts. And I'm from New York City, and I'm a junior in college. Hello, everyone. I'm Christiana, and I'm a junior in college as well, majoring in business and finance and marketing, and I graduate in 2023. Hi, everyone. My name is Blakely. I will be a senior next semester. I major in psychology, um, and this wonderful church sponsors me um, from my peer part. Um, also, I'm from Breakabeen, New York, which is in Schoharie County. Um, so they sponsor me for Java and Justice as well as secretary position. So I'm the secretary as well as the coordinator for Java and Justice where we get together and talk about social issues every month. Um, and I want to tell you a little about our mission trip coming up. So January 2nd through 8th, we will have a record-setting number of students of 24 and three leaders. And we're going to southern Louisiana. Um, and after COVID canceled our plans last year, we're very excited to go. Um, we are going to be rebuilding homes destroyed by Hurricane Ida. The total cost of the trip is about 800 per person, um, but we will be paying 150 thanks to you guys. So thank you. And I, I do have to say, it is just a joy to have you here in worship with us this morning. We're so glad that you're here. <clears throat> Friends, grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, and from Jesus Christ, our Teacher and Redeemer. And from the Holy Spirit who binds us together, who weaves us together in Christian worship. I want to welcome everyone to worship this morning, whether you're here in person or joining us via Zoom. It is so good to be together that we have chosen to worship together today. We begin our worship by lighting the Christ candle. And whenever we do this, we remember Jesus' promise in the Gospel of Matthew that wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Now, as we worship our hearts, as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I would invite you to use the words on the front of the bulletin as a centering prayer to help guide you into this time and space as we listen to the prelude.
Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in the call to worship. Make a joyful noise, a noise of love and care. Praise Praise God with generosity and compassion. Sing to the Lord with acts of kindness. Give God glory with missions of mercy. Make a joyful noise, a noise of love and care. Praise God with justice and righteousness. Let us join our voices together in singing hymn number 186. Please be seated. Let us pray. Glorious God, shine upon us with your spirit of wisdom and truth. Enlighten our hearts. Help us to know the hope to which we are called. Reveal your ways that we might share hope and joy in all that we do. In all that we say, in the light of Christ's love, we pray. Amen. Amen. God of glory, we do not always see your glory in the world around us. When we see a a person in need, it is not easy to look look him in the eye. eye. We hear a prayer for help, it is not easy to offer her quick assurance. When we know a lonely prisoner, it is not easy to make that unannounced visit. Forgive us when we fail to see you in our everyday lives. Forgive us when we are afraid to act, afraid to care. Encourage us, God of glory. Help us to see others with the eyes of compassion, that we might be the loving presence in the world. Amen. Beloved, there is immeasurable greatness in the power of God. Trust in the Lord, for God's grace is real. In the name of Jesus Christ, who is above all and in all, you are forgiven. Amen. 
friends, Christ offers us peace when we chose life and follow God. Let us celebrate this peace as we share signs of God's blessing and healing wisdom and healing wisdom each and every day. The one, the peace of Christ be with you, and, and also, also with you. Peace be with you all this morning. <clears throat> Friends, let us pray. Loving God, we are here to pour out our hearts before you. Fill up our hearts with your word that we might strengthen our faith and deepen our love for you. Amen. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. This is what we have been moving towards for the past few months. Listen for the word of God. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. A word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit to sing hymn number 773.
Please be seated. I love surprises. The unexpected, the unforeseen, shocks and twists and turns, I can't get enough. But even more than being surprised, I love to be the one bringing the surprise. Just ask my wife who doesn't like surprises. Years ago, you might remember it, there was a commercial for Folgers Coffee that featured a couple talking about how sad they were that their son wouldn't be home for the holidays. The next morning, the mother wakes up to the smell of coffee brewing and goes downstairs to find her son home, smile on his face sitting next to the Christmas tree, hot mug waiting for her. Now that is how a son shows love. And this is a scene that I tried to recreate many times during college and seminary, telling my parents that I would be arriving much later than I actually would. Mom, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to get there for Christmas Eve. Yes, I did. Our gospel lesson this morning is layered with surprise. Notice that both those identified as sheep and those named goats are surprised by what Jesus says. Lord, when did we and when didn't we? Both capture the shock that each group expressed when Jesus commends or condemns behavior. But what is it that has actually surprised them? The questions they ask, when did we and when didn't we, show this surprise. But if we look again, neither group denies their behavior. By acting righteously in feeding the hungry, clothing the sick, caring, clothing the naked, caring for the sick, and visiting the imprisoned, or by acting unrighteously by neglecting these actions. Rather, they are surprised by their failure to recognize the Son of Man. What they seem to be saying is, if I had been feeding the Messiah, don't you think I'd have known it? Or if I had walked past the Messiah on the street, I know I wouldn't have passed by him. But maybe the most surprising thing to them is just where 
the Son of Man has been. Because let's be honest, they aren't very Son of Man-like places. David Lowe points out that no one expects to see Jesus in the face of the disadvantaged, the poor, the imprisoned, and all those who are in manifest need. Perhaps that's to be expected. When we think of God, we typically think in terms of power and might and glory and all the rest. And indeed, the parable begins by describing the coming of the Son of Man in glory to sit on his throne, attended by angels, seemingly only reinforcing our preconceptions. Yet might this be a deliberate setup? The rest of the parable, after all, depicts this same royal figure as identifying with the least of these, and thereby seems to undermine our tendency to look for God in places of power. If this is the case, then in this parable, Jesus might be challenging us to rediscover and experience anew how we imagine God and God's presence in our lives in a radically new way. Last week, we were invited to think about the images of God we carry with us, the ways we picture God as harsh or loving, vengeful or peace-loving, and so on. This morning, we continue to push at that question, arriving at an answer in this parable. But what we are confronted with is a surprising answer that throws us off kilter just a bit. We typically think of God in ultimate terms, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-just, and so on. And that makes a certain sense as we are talking about the creator of the universe, the author of all life. But that's not where Jesus invites us to meet or be met by God. Instead, we are taken by surprise. Our expectations ruined and our plans disrupted. But should we really be so surprised? Should we? After all, the God that we know in Jesus seems to delight in such surprises. God didn't come to reign over humanity at Athens or Rome or any of the other major cities where one would expect God to arrive, but rather, surprise, God came to identify with us by being born in lowly Bethlehem in the form of a vulnerable infant. And God didn't come to conquer the world with military or political might, but instead, surprise, in the scandal, shame, and pain of the cross. So also, God continues to come where we least expect God to be, in the plight of the homeless, on the side of the poor, in the face of the needy, and in the company of the imprisoned. And that is where the most surprising and unexpected thing itself happens. When we talk about meeting God and loving Jesus, we aren't talking about something that is going to happen someday, one day, way off in the future. We're talking about the here and now. The real world concrete news of the needs of our neighbors. If we want to experience God's presence fully, deeply, and truly, we will look for God in the need of those around us, and indeed in our own need as well. Because that's the other thing. Sometimes God is shown to others through us, 
sometimes in spite of ourselves. Because let's be honest, there are times when we are the ones who are in need. And someone else might be invited to meet and be blessed by God as they tend to our needs. Just as we are blessed by tending to the needs of others. I have trouble asking for help. But sometimes I need to allow myself to be given help so that somebody else can experience and meet God. There are two biblical truths present in our suffering and our pain. First, God suffers with us. God aches when we ache. God hurts when we hurt. Second, God, while God doesn't cause our pain, God can use our pain to bless the world. The God we know in Jesus is revealed that is not in power, but in vulnerability. Not in might, but in brokenness. And not in judgment, but in mercy. That is something worth celebrating. That is something worth keeping an eye open for. The good news this morning is surprising in its nature. That God is with us here and now. Revealed in the fellowship of broken people we call church. Made manifest in the ordinary elements of bread and wine. And available to us in the seemingly small gestures of mercy we offer and are offered each and every day. It may not be where we expect God to show up, but it is just where we need God to be. In just a few moments, we are going to lift our voices together to commit our congregational life to the vision of Matthew 25. To work to break the bonds of systemic poverty and structural racism by tending to the needs of the least of these. And next week, we set out on a new Advent journey, the beginning of the busiest season of the year. God help us. I can't believe it's already here. <laughs> but the question we are confronted with as this busy season approaches and in our commitment to this good justice work is when might God be showing me God's presence? And when might others be seeing God in me? Friends, let's keep our eyes open because surprises are all around us. Amen. Let's pray. O Lord, our God, we give you thanks that through the sign of baptism you have marked us for a new creation. Where all people are reconciled and there is an abundant peace. And the saints sing night and day by the power of your Holy Spirit. Poured out upon the church, let our witness work and worship, proclaim the promise of your coming realm of righteousness, justice, and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus says, Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. 
For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Friends, we have been working through what it means to be a Matthew 25 church. And this morning we are invited to commit our lives, individual and as a congregation, to work to the work of dismantling structural racism, eradicating systemic poverty, in order that we might become a congregation that is vital to the life of our community. As we affirm our commitment, we first turn to God in repentance, using the litany of lament. Your response, when I say, for you have made a cross for your Savior, your response is, Lord, have mercy upon us. From the cross, our Savior cries, my people, my church, why have you forsaken me? Woe to you when you satisfy yourselves with a rich feast and pass by those who beg for bread. For you have made a cross of your Savior. Lord, have mercy upon us. Woe to you when you are drunk with power and privilege and ignore those who thirst for justice and dignity. For you have made a cross for your Savior. Lord, have mercy upon us. Woe to you when you open your hands to grasp and take, and close your doors to strangers in need. For you have made a cross for your Savior. Lord, have mercy upon us. <clears throat> Woe to you when you adorn yourselves with honor and despise the naked because of their skin, for you have made a cross for your Savior. Lord, have mercy upon us.
rejecting all that is contrary to the gospel, and embracing the vision of the Matthew 25 church? Do you renounce the evils of systemic poverty and economic exploitation? We renounce them. Will you devote yourself to doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with your God? We will, with God's help. Do you renounce the sins of structural racism and white supremacy? We renounce them. Will you devote yourself to the breaking down of the walls of hostility that separate us from one another? We will, with God's help. Do you renounce the ways of fear, isolation, and scarcity in the church? We renounce them. Will you devote yourself to the church's teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers? We will, with God's help. Let us affirm this commitment using the words found in the bulletin. We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. Jesus proclaimed the reign of God, preaching good news to the poor and release to the captives. We trust in God, whom Jesus called Abba, Father. In sovereign love, God created the world of good and makes everyone equally in God's image to live as one community. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere, the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith and binds us together with all believers in the one body of Christ, the Church. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. I'm going to use this minute for mission time to talk about the campus ministry. I'm going to start with the history of our involvement with the campus ministry on the UAlbany campus. We were invited to connect with them in 2007. At that point in time, the outreach committee was the committee that the campus ministry came under it. We soon realized it was more of a mission than it was an outreach, and it quickly became under the auspices of the Hamilton Union Mission Committee. Just to clarify, a lot of people think that the campus ministry is part of Presbyterian women. It's, it's under mission and social witness. Presbyterian women does support it in a couple ways. In our budget every year, we budget money. We have a line item for adopt a student for the mission trip, or service trip, excuse me. And we now sponsor the Purple Pantry collection of personal care items that, however, is um, that that is still under Presbyterian women. But we learned about the Purple Pantry through the campus ministry. Our involvement grew step by step. Our early involvement was that we went to the faith, food and faith dinners. We took food and, and people in the congregation to visit with the students and a clergy person. At the time, it was Reverend M. J. Patterson to to do a casual worship service. We also shortly thereafter started to sponsor a peer minister, which Blakely is our current one. And uh, we started making a contribution to sponsor a student for their service trip. Then we've done that for many years. Oddly enough, although we started our relationship in 07, we never gave them any money for the uh, operating budget until 11. It's also a, a total congregation uh, mission because a lot of the 
things that we do involve many, many of you. Every year there's a patron's dinner, which is their fundraiser. Several people come, usually about 10 people from our con congregation come to the dinner and make a financial contribution. And also many other people just make a financial contribution. The food and faith dinners take a lot of people. We have uh, usually about five or six people who donate food, three or four people who come to socialize with the student, and our clergy have always come to provide the uh, worship portion of it. We have the bake sales every semester, and we have one today, as you know, and people have been extremely generous over the years. In fact, in the, years and years ago, we used to be the high donor, and uh, we started to get a little too haughty, and um, Reverend Patterson told us that wasn't nice, that wasn't Christian. So uh, it's true. So we, we stopped finding out how much each church, because we wanted to know how much did each church give, and of course we were at top. We were put in our place. <laughs> we have a long history of our clergy being on the board and a member of our congregation. We've also hired our child care workers have been mostly campus ministry students, and some of them were here for like three years. And of course, your, your very generous donations to the Purple Pantry, again, that is a uh, Presbyterian women's project, but it still goes to the campus. Now I want to talk about the 2022 budget. When you see the proposed budget, you'll see that Mission and Social Witness, we have really jacked up our our line items, and four of the line items have to do with campus ministry. We've increased our donation to the operating fund from $500 to $1,000, and I will say that in 1911, 1911, 2011, um, it was 500. We have not increased it in all those years, despite our, our very enhanced relationship. So we decided to just go go for big. And um, we will continue our $500 a year for the peer minister. And we will continue uh, $500 a year to the Adopt-A-Student program, which is the way they talk about sponsoring a student for the service trip. We put $500 in there in the line item because the, the trip that per student is somewhere between 200 and 250. And we always wanted to sponsor two. And that fluctuates depending on airfare and um, the lodging and that sort of thing. Well, this year we have the 500, and their trip is only $200 a people so a person. So that we took, uh, we have an undesignated mission line for little things that come up like this. So we took 100 out of that. So we're going to sponsor three students for the the trip. So the total increase for the mission and social witness committee uh, portion of the uh, campus ministry is $1,025. Oh, I missed one thing. We added uh, $25 so we can contribute to the bake sale from Hamilton Union uh, when they come in the springtime. So anyway, please think about this kind of a financial commitment when you, you make donations because uh, these kids are our future and uh, we, we need them. We need them more than they need us. So please consider that when uh, we have the, this year the bake sale was pre-orders but you can still give something, even if there isn't anything for you to buy. And we're going to be in the blue room, which is a, the conference room across from the kitchenette, and stop by. And if you would like to give them some money, please do. Thank you. Thank you, Charlotte. Um, and, I, and I have to say that being on the board and getting to know these students and um, having gone to the Food and Faith a few weeks ago, uh, I'm just enjoying getting to know this uh, this wonderful ministry. Um, so I know I've said it before just this morning, but I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I have a couple of things I want to lift up this morning. Um, first, uh, as I lamented in my sermon, Advent is just around the corner. Deep breath. Um, we've got we got a few things going on, and I'm really excited about some of this, um, all of it. Um, the Worship and Congregational Life Committees hope that you'll consider joining us uh, for to help decorate the church on Sunday, December 5th. 
Uh, this is going to take place after worship. Um, this is going to be a great fellowship opportunity, um, and there will be pizza. We'll feed you, um, so come on out for that. Um, and then uh, please look at all of the announcements. I'm not going to mention them all, but uh, two things that I do want to lift up uh, as things to enhance your Advent worship this season. Um, first, we're going to be uh, following the theme close to home. And the resources that we're using were put together by a group called A Sanctified Art. Um, this is a worship collective uh, that does phenomenal work. They put together beautiful art and uh, liturgies and all sorts of things. And one of the things that they've put together is uh, an Advent devotional. Um, the devotional um, can help you daily. Uh, it's got uh, little reflections for each day, poems, prayers, uh, images. If you would like one of those, it's great for individuals, for couples, for families, uh, for small groups. If you would like one, please sign up. There's a binder in the back uh, on the little table next to the mitten tree. Um, that uh, we would like to have a rough estimate of how many to print, so we're not printing too few or too many. Um, if you would like a color copy, let me know, and I can email it to you. Uh, and you can either print it on your own or use it digitally. Um, the images that are uh, in this are beautiful, and they're great in black and white, but they're even better in color. So if you would like a color copy, let me know, and I can uh, send that over to you. There's also an Advent calendar. Um, Kim will be uh, printing them out, but again, we want to know how many people would like them. It's really good for kids, um, but you don't have to be a kid to enjoy it. Uh, there are different things for each day of Advent, um, different suggestions of things you can do and activities and, and prayers. It's really cool. Um, so if you would like one of those, please also sign up in the back. The last thing that I want to lift up is something called Visio Divina. Um, this is something that I have led for a few years, and it is just a delight. What we do is we take the image that will be uh, on the cover of the bulletin for the coming Sunday, and we reflect on it. Visio Divina is uh, from the Latin for divine seeing. It's a method of meditation, reflection, and prayer through a process of intentional seeing. Um, there are different uh, guiding questions that I ask. We read a text, we gaze on the image, we let it speak to us. Um, there, we are going to do this four times. The first is this Tuesday, the 23rd since next Sunday is the first Sunday in Advent. Um, we will meet on Zoom uh, at 7 p.m. each of the dates that are listed in the bulletin. Um, I would love to have you join. Uh, it's going to be a really good time. Uh, the images are inspiring. And um, if you have any questions, please let me know. Friends, as we enter God's gates with thanksgiving and praise, we have committed our lives and dedicated our lives to the Matthew 25 vision. We are also this morning going to be dedicating our gifts of treasure. Uh, Bill will, in a few moments, be bringing forward the offering plate that has the pledge cards that have been turned in. Uh, these are really important to the functioning of our church. The gifts that you give of money help, uh, help to support our budget, help to support the many different things that we do, uh, the campus ministry, um, the food pantry, and so on. Um, if you haven't had a chance to turn in your pledges, please do consider doing that. Um, you know, times are tight for a lot of people. Any little bit that you can give goes a long way. We are going to be dedicating those in just a few minutes, a few moments with our uh, prayer of dedication. But as those come forward, I ask that we would just kind of send our hearts out to lifting those up to God, that they would do the important work of the ministry of Jesus Christ. So come to the Lord who is good. 
Let us continue God's faithfulness in our acts of giving and works of charity. Let us offer our tithes, our offerings, our very lives to God. We offer these gifts to you as food and drink for a hungry world, as clothing and shelter for those who are naked and homeless, as kindness and compassion for those who are most in need of mercy. Transform these gifts that they might be by your hands and feet in the world. Send us forth as your people 
that all that we do and all that we say may be a glorious representation of your presence in the world. With gratitude, we pray. Amen. Jesus says, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Trusting in Christ's grace, let us offer our prayers for the church and the world, neighbors and loved ones, saying, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We ask your provision for all people. Teach us compassion and generosity. Put an end to economic exploitation. Fill this world with your abundant life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We search for your beloved community. Break down systems of oppression. Dismantle patterns of privilege. Establish justice and equality for all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We knock at the door of your house. Gather us in as disciples of your way. Nourish us in faith and faithfulness. Send us out to share good news. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, this morning we lift up our joys at the beauty of your creation and the sighting of a barred owl. God, from lunar eclipses and chilling air, we are just reminded that you are constant even through the changing of the seasons. Lord, we are so grateful for music and for the gift of voices lifted up in praise. We thank you that our choir has returned. Lord God, we also lift up our concerns. We pray for those who are still being affected by this pandemic. We ask your protection around all of those who have been exposed. We pray that people would be vaccinated and this scourge would end. God, for all of the other concerns that plague our hearts, those that have gone unspoken, God, we know that you hear them all and you hold them all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Living God, we ask, we search, we knock. Answer our prayers with the power of your Spirit, who transforms our lives to do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit to sing our final hymn, number 852.
share the wealth. Blessed are those who work for good. They will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who open doors. They will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who break down walls. They will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who challenge hate. They will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who live their faith. They will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who speak the truth. They will be called the children of God. And blessed are those who show Christ's love. They will be called the children of God. Friends, go as the people of God to seek the lost and bind up the injured Strengthen the weak and encourage the faint-hearted. Go to seek justice and love mercy. Help the world know the feast of God's justice and the grace of God's mercy. Go, remembering who you are and whose you are. Amen. <laughs> 